Hello, this is the audio-only version of the Council on Future Conflicts. If you prefer video, please join us on the Future Conflicts channel on YouTube. If you'd like to watch the show live and participate in the chat, the show begins at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as a special Saturday evening show at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, sharing our show with friends, and reviewing us on your podcasting app of choice. Now on with the show. Hey, good morning to you, to everybody. Good morning to the uh, council. Um, today is uh, Ukraine War Day 28, and this is the Council on Future Conflicts. My name is Scott McCullough. Uh, I'm the proprietor of uh, the Writers Fix Problems, uh, soon to be the Future Conflict Channel. And uh, as always, I am here at prompt on time, nine o'clock in the morning, not a minute, not a second late. Uh, here uh, to bring to you guys some uh, amazing information uh, about uh, we're going to start with the war in Ukraine. But, you know, I, I can tell you um, a lot of these Ukraine war uh, topics branch far afield. So uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll be covering all kinds of stuff. Um, I am uh, joined as always. Uh, Joe, are you there or are you? Are you being shy? Oh, I'm here. I'm okay. here. I just got to finish what I'm doing. You're, yeah, you're, you're stuffing your face full of food, right? Correct. <laughs> well, I tell you, before we get into the council, I just want to say uh, this is the first time we've had this great pleasure. I'd like to welcome Wade Phillips, uh, became a member this morning. Thank you very much. And uh, this is a great opportunity before we jump into the introductions uh, to remind people um, that uh, membership is definitely a great way that you can support the channel. $4.99 per month, uh, you get automatically entered into any giveaways that we do. And then in addition, um, we, we're going to do one uh, kind of chat with the council every month. And we still haven't figured out the logistics on how we're going to do that, whether it's going to be just a, like a StreamYards deal, uh, like a private StreamYards deal, or if it's going to be a um, on a different platform. We're still working that out. But uh, that's, that's going to be a pretty cool, I think, uh, feature of that and uh so i'm looking forward to it um okay joe you're here how are you doing this morning i'm doing well and good um had to run out for breakfast because this does not just happen it takes a lot of work to maintain i so, hear that man i hear that rock. you know it's always good to have the proprietor of uh tacticalism.com uh, with us uh stan uh you- just another 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 morning here we're looking at uh, watching the world meltdown so uh, we'll try to provide some sanity and entertaining comments as it, re- as it relates to that you, you know this you know the sad thing is Stan is is that you know from time to time we should be getting some wins you know wins and losses you know that's the way it goes but man I tell you for the last month it's been a it's been l after l. For uh, for people who love liberty and 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 love a, just a quiet life here in America, uh, yeah, there's a great percentage of the American population who just wants to be left alone and, and seem to have a hard time managing that. But uh, preach, yeah, spot on. Um, all right, we're uh, well. Let me let me hit Ron first. Ron, good morning. How are you? <clears throat> good morning. Uh, doing good. You know, I I. I I don't express my admiration and thanks to you enough. I mean, you know, Joe gets up, it's nine, it's nine o'clock and you know, this is his normal kind of go time. 
Um, but you know, you got to be an early riser in order to, you know, where, where you're at. So I want to tell you how much I appreciate that. Uh, you're welcome. And I'm just trying to set a good leadership example for you when, when you uh, like, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot to reset my clock to the new time <laughs> schedule. I'm going to beat that, that horse that, for that a may, while that yet. May, that may I, never go away. As the head of this channel, I feel like it's my job to make you guys look as good as possible. And I'm willing to take, you know, the slings and arrows of both my own stupidity and that of the chats. Uh, in order to stand between you guys and uh, and, a, and a harder life, so you just uh, operate on standard army time. That's all. That's yeah. true. That's true. Always a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> Always behind the Marines, just a little bit. All <laughs> right. Well, you know, I mean, it's we're we're picking up we're we're following you guys around picking up crown wrappers. So what can I say? We got to do something to keep you from getting lost because your sad land nav skills. Hey. I can do this all day, bro. <laughs> but the, the the sad thing is, is you know, you know what you're talking about when you're talking about the Marines. You have no idea what you're talking about when you talk about the amazingness of my land navigation skills. You know, what a great segue. What really means yet. Got gotcha. you. <laughs> Sir, is that you? Walk towards the sound of my voice. That's right. <laughs> Actual footage uh, of on the land nav course. Well, um, you know, like I, my the the one time I, I had a discussion with our first sergeant, he says, uh, he says, "Well, sir, you finally did get lost," and I was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Well, you know, at least in your defense, we gave you an entirely bullshit, bogus grid that there was no way in hell you were ever going to get to because it was on the other side of a freeway." And I'm like, "What the fuck are they doing?" I mean, and I even checked uh, back with the company <laughs> and they gave me the exact same grid. And I was like, you guys are fucking trolling us. We're, we're going somewhere else. And so <laughs> nice. Nice. Anyway, well, he, you know, he, the first sergeant said, I can't believe you actually got to where you did, sir. And I was like, I was like, if you gave it to any other Lieutenant, they would have quit long before, uh, before I ever got there. Uh, watcher staying quiet down there in the, in the bottom of the, of the stack. How are you doing today? Doing great. Just just down here uh, participating in Operation Enduring Caffeine Energy. Yeah, I, I hear that. Um, you know, the the, the meme, uh, your meme game has been on point already um, this morning. So, uh, you know, I look forward to more of that. Yes, uh, and, and last and definitely not least, our guest for today, uh, Javi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to see everybody. Good to see Ron, Watcher, Joe. And missed the Virginia gentleman, man. They're like, it's good to see put some faces with some names. Yeah, right? I, I thought I yeah. thought you would be a natural with this with this crowd because uh, you know it's it's nice to see you. Um, Wrong you know, hobby watcher. Yeah, that's <laughs> type in lost. Missed by that much. At looking <laughs> over. Yeah, looking over. Yeah. Aim small, miss small, man. Come on, yeah. let's go. <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, I, I you know I, I, I knew that uh, just from looking at your your Twitter feed and and your interactions that you have with all these guys on there, I knew you'd be a great addition to this uh, uh, to this lineup. And uh, you know, hopefully, this will be uh, just the first time you show up on the show, and not the not the last time. Yeah, um, so it, most definitely, I'm looking forward to the discussion. Um, I kind of like just shooting from the hip because if I try to 
like have something written down. It, dude, I can talk forever. So you're in, you, I, you'd be in the wrong spot if it was written down. So <laughs> go, go for it. Well, I tell you, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell the tell the folks a little bit about your background and so they know where you're coming from. All right. So my name is Javier Mackey, retired uh, Sergeant First Class out of the Third uh, Special Forces. Um, joined the Army back in 98. Did a stint with uh, the 101st and 82nd before 9-11. After 9-11, I went to selection for uh, the Special Forces Assessment and Selection. Uh, made it through the, got selected, made it through the Q course, reported to 3rd Special Forces Group, served with 3rd Special Forces Group all over Central Asia and a few parts of the Middle East for years. Finally, uh, after doing back-to-back -back rotations, I uh, came, I decided to take a knee towards the end of my career. And I moved down here to Florida to teach at the University of Central Florida as the senior military instructor at uh, for the ROTC program here. There I got involved with uh, with a program executive office of uh, simulations, training and instrumentation. And that's basically a, a PEO that any simulation that you touched in the, in the military, whether it be a shooting range, um, Bradley, uh, gunnery trainer, uh, any call for fire trainer, any type of instrumentation, paper target, this organization does the acquisition process and selection for that and provides it for the Army. So currently I work with a system called the Soldier Monitoring System. Basically, it's just a tracker that land navigation students wear on their gear and the cadre is able to track their movements um, while they're conducting land nav out at uh, the various, uh, and there you see a picture. Uh, the one with the antenna in the background next to the uh, Nalgene bottle, that's a legacy system. That's a uh, Ravion radio. And uh, both, both of these systems, and then you have the one at the bottom center there, and that's the new Impress system. Both systems will have a, uh, have a button, uh, SOS button. So if a student falls or get hurt, the, the student can uh, push the button and notifies the cadre and the cadre can get them, uh, assist them as fast as possible. The idea is to get the, get to the, get the casualty to the high, next light level of care within an hour. So they have that golden hour. So that this is, this helps reduce risk and uh, mitigate or mitigate risk and, and uh, uh, shorten hold, training. Hey, hold hold up a second. You'll get saved, Scott. Yeah, I don't think we're broadcasting. We are. I mean, you know, somebody in the chat just said, "Have they started?" Yeah, there there was a lag. They folks have rebooted and they're they're up. Because uh, I, 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 I you see, you see. Okay, the all right, I got it. I got it. I, yeah, I did the. I re. I just uh, refreshed my thing, and it went back to the uh, to that screen. I'm sorry, man. I, where I think no. we're. I think we're caught up now. All right. All right. Ahead. Oh yeah. So uh, where I leave off. Yeah. So the this is a, a risk mitigation measure for uh, command who are you know leaders who have uh, command of training units that are conducting land navigation. So it's a pretty good product. Uh, like I said, the bigger one. That's standing up with the antenna. That's our legacy system that we're getting ready to phase out. And the one that's laying down, it's a lot smaller. And um, it 
what's really cool about this, the smaller version, it has a, a mesh network. So say for instance, there's dead spots where a, uh, a candidate, like it's not getting a good signal. It will reach out through Bluetooth to the nearest device. Okay, very uh, cool. to main. So it helps me to uh, reduce that, increase the signature where there's dead spots where the signal can't um, meet. So it's a pretty cool little system, nice little device. And uh, yeah, that's this is what I do now, you know, and uh, it's, it's kept me busy. I used to have a YouTube channel. Well, I still do, but I just haven't been able to do much with it because I've been busy doing this. So, yeah, no, it's spot on. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I was re reading this tweet and, uh, and I, I kind of looked into this a little more because I used to be back in, back in the schoolhouse as an OCS instructor. So we, we encountered some of these kind of stuff at the very end of the 2000s. So it's kind of cool to see how this stuff has evolved. Uh, you know, it's not really something I've encountered because of the, uh, I haven't been really back in the schoolhouse, but uh, this is very cool tech. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be one of our customers as well. So yeah. Uh, Fort Benning and uh, yeah, the 11th, the 11th infantry, whatever regiment. Yeah. Yeah, so, so so we can blame the quality of the officers coming out in during your tenure at OCS on on you. That's right. And when when they when they were literally taking anybody, that's when I was there. It was awesome, let me tell you. And <laughs> they got rid of the drum, they got rid of the ascots, they got rid of the helmets, they got rid of all the hard parts of uh, of OCS, and uh, you know. Uh, it, it was not an awesome time to be cadre there, but that being said, I mean, you know, there, there may have been some losers that came through, but there were also a lot of great Americans and some, and some really good uh, uh, leaders came through. So, you know, you, you, you kind of, you, know, you got to make some lemonade, right? Um, all right. So uh, let's, let's jump into the, uh, to Stan's favorite section, the map. Um, you know, we've gotten this down pretty well. So uh, I think uh, I think this will be a quick one. I think it also helps that uh, in some of these areas, it's just really kind of locked into a, a stalemate or, or either that it's either a stalemate or it is just kind of not a lot of action uh, in the last uh, 36 hours. So uh, let's start with Kiev. Um, all right. So. Uh, while events in and around Kyiv uh, seem to have been in a status quo situation with Russian forces continuing to sit in defensive positions to the northeast and northwest of the city, uh, more curfews in Kyiv. The Ukrainian government feels fit, uh, fears uh, fifth column elements, uh, you know, the saboteurs that we saw early on. Um, you know, I think they're still looking at those as conducting recon uh, and other sabotage uh, missions in the city. <sighs> Reports of Ukrainian counterattack near the Kiev suburb of Borodyanka uh, had has reportedly cut a large force of the Russians off from their supply lines. Um, yet, seemingly, this uh, this rumor and widely reported event uh, kind of evaporated in the last twelve hours, and I had seen uh, no report or evidence of this uh, counterattack or any subsequent uh, surrounding of of Russian forces. So once again, the ghost of Kiev, uh, you know, strikes again. Um, Zelensky has also announced that he will hold a referendum if he reaches an agreement with Russia. There will be no compromise with Moscow without a referendum. 
Um, what did you did you guys see that uh, those reports about the um, uh, about the encirclement and cut you know the cutting off the uh, the forces there? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah I saw I, I, I saw it, uh, and then I later saw a couple of other things that were sort of debunking a lot of this stuff so right that that's exactly right i mean i basically i was hoping to look up and find that you know oh okay so let's see how this counteroffensive is going uh when i was prepping for the show but uh you know i started looking into it and it just started falling apart uh so i mean i i tell you i don't know how much of this is kind of you know wishful thinking on the part of the OSINT crowd that uh you know is just constantly um, looking for the next new thing. Uh, it didn't surprise me that people would post completely made up, falsified rumors, uh, you know, just for cloud. Oh, here we go. Look at this. First super chat of the day. Thank you very much. Uh, Steven Ziegler, $10. When are you guys going to do it in a, a Mexico episode? Well, that's a really good question. And it's very timely because uh, as of right now, Saturday, we are scheduled to spend uh our time on talking cartels uh in mexico so that's a that is a well do you want to do you want to dangle yeah, I, our guest out in front of him i i plan to be in cabo for live on the ground reporting so well we, we look forward to your uh your uh your live report there not not maybe not, maybe not, not to mexican michigan and i'll be in michigan where all the fighting is so <laughs> Just gonna say, you're gonna gonna let us know how it is on the ground at uh, at uh, some of the clubs out there. <laughs> Just as long as Stan keeps his shirt on and keeps the cargo shorts where they need to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Man, well, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, Ron. Wait, whoa, whoa! I you didn't get up this morning, so I had to fill the chat with the stuff that you normally do this morning, and that's what you're gonna do to me this morning. Oh man, you, you, I, I, feel, I, I contributed my fair share, but you were you were yeah, you were your, your, your fair your fair share was a lot of this. I mean, come on. Now, Stan, I, I said I would give you a pass on the cargo shorts in that photo because you were in the company of a child, but I will not give you a pass on cargo shorts and combat boots. I I, I can't do it, bro. You know what? I bought those and I was trying to break them in. They're brand new, so I had I had an excuse, and and uh, that was that was that was an early spring effort to try to break those bad boys in, and it it, it didn't work well. But and I don't own a pair of cargo shorts, so I I, I just like to say just say to help take some of the uh, the pressure off of Stan that the the picture of the shorts Joe that you saw of me wearing not not too long ago those were actually. Yeah. Those are actually uh, multicam pants that I wore in combat in Afghanistan that I immortalized in my closet by turning them into shorts. So for some reason, you think that makes it okay? I don't. That's I right. don't know why. I, I think it does. <laughs> um, speaking of our Saturday show, uh, let's. Uh, yeah, Watcher, do you have the uh, the link for our guest? Uh, maybe just like his Twitter bio. Maybe it might be good. Um, I I don't have it offhand. All right, I'm going to drop it in the uh, private chat so you'll have Okay, it. perfect. Um, so we got a pretty good guest. Um, you know, we wanted to definitely look for somebody who had some uh, operational understanding of what's going on down there. So we were very lucky. Um, and uh, Steve Stratton, he's, a, uh, he's an author, so that makes him just perfect for writer fix problems. And he's a retired uh, Green Beret. Um, his, uh, his books coming out this year, shadow tier, 
Uh, it looks very cool. Uh, he's going to be joining us on Saturday to kind of help us make sense of the of the problems that are going on down there. And let me tell you, you know, if you want to find a, a mixed bag of fuckery, failed state, and just wicked problems, look no further than Mexico, uh, because that uh, that country got it all. Um, I mean, wanted us to get El Chapo, but I heard he's unavailable. So. <laughs> I hear I, I I hear he's spending time in a supermax and we're looking for a place to start digging his, his next tunnel. Oh wow. Anyway, so yes. Steven, the answer is yes, Mexico on Saturday. So I hope you'll uh, I hope you'll drop by for that. And remember, Saturday show is an evening stateside show, um uh 7 p.m. uh Eastern Standard. I like how Scott tells everyone else to remember it, and he's the one who forgot. Well, you know, it is the, it is the crack of dawn for me, so what can I say? Yeah. All right. Continuing on. Uh, your, your, your words of disdain bounce off of my back like water off a duck's feathers. Uh, all right. Let's see. Where are we at? Okay. So, Keeve. Uh, all right. Look at O'Chornahev. Uh, so Chernobyl's, you know, continues to be an interesting one to look at. It's, it's. I think this is going to be another one of those bellwethers. Um, it's quickly becoming uh, totally cut off. Um, so the city continues to hold on to, but their situation is similar to many other areas where the Russians appear to be resorting to a war of attrition. Uh, the Russians. So speaking to being cut off, um, we recently had uh, in the last 24 hours, the Russians uh, bombed a bridge that links Chernihiv to Kiev, cutting off uh, op opportunities for evacuation. So there's still significant numbers of civilians in Chernihiv. And uh, this bridge right here was like that. That was the link that when they were able to get out, uh, that's how they did it. Um, all right, let's see. We got another super chat. Uh, Manny Lamont, uh, when Putin, what's possible? What's Putin's possible endgame here? Is there a compromise on Ukraine? What will R Russia's new standing be uh, with NATO countries? Um, I don't think that's changed at all. Well, yeah. yes. So I, th I think his endgame is the essentially control of Ukraine at at a minimum, control of most of Ukraine. Uh, he may allow a, a you know he would. I don't think he will annex Ukraine as a, as a whole into Russia. I think he will annex. Um, I think he might annex uh, part of the you know area north of uh, uh, Crimea uh, just to kind of secure that area, and then uh, a new version of Ukraine will be stood up in the eastern half of the country. Um, I think he'll also be looking to link uh, Transnistria. Uh, to that kind of Vichy uh, Ukraine, and then uh, there is a there is a potential for a, a second Ukraine to uh, exist in the uh, western portion with a capital out of like uh, uh, Lviv, um, and who knows what that looks like. E either way, I don't think Zelensky is going to be able to stay uh, in, in the mix. I think uh, Zelensky is going to end up having to either evac or fight to the bitter end and become a martyr for the cause. So that's that's kind of my two cents on this. Um, anybody else on the panel want to take a stab at that one? I think if uh, Zelensky is martyred or he... Uh... 
I think what ended up happening was the resistance would go even stronger and make it even harder for the Russians. And I think this would just drag on um, even longer. I, I, I think keeping him alive is more beneficial to the Russians than to um, have him go down fighting. I mean, and he, I think he's, I think in the, in the world will back that up. I mean, he would not just be a uh, martyr for the Ukrainians. He's it would just give all probable cause for anybody else to get involved. Yeah, I, He's, yeah. Uh, I yeah, think I, you're right, I, and that I, bears out some info. We've seen that that the Russians know where he is all the time. They just choose not to do anything about it. Well, the interesting thing is, is I think the the early the early game was to knock him off the board completely to make it easier for the country to fall. But when that didn't happen, I think that he's actually more valuable to them now alive than dead. Yeah. Yeah. Stan, yeah, you're we're, say- yeah, we're we're through peak Zelensky uh, at this point, and and I think uh, I think like Yanukovych ended up in Russia in the in the Euro Maidan revolution. Zelensky's going to end up in Israel. And uh, and and I, I I'm largely in agreement with you, Scott. I, I think this will not end. This current conflict won't end until the fate of Odessa is settled one way or the other. Yeah, because that Mariupol is, you know, whether it's five, 10, 15, 20 days, I think we, we understand what's going to happen there. And then I think they're going to turn to Odessa to complete the, the cutoff of the Black Sea and some element of, you know, Western Ukraine, largely Catholic, but largely Ukrainian speaking, will exist, and some element of that will be West, uh, uh, Eastern Ukraine is going to become Russian dominated, if not annexed, and yeah. um, and I, that's I, where I think that's where you end up. So yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's pretty spot on. And then the argument's going to be the argument's one. the argument's going to be who lost Ukraine, and Zelensky's going to get blamed for that. Two years from now, that that'll be the conversation, right? Yeah, I, and I think Shake and Bake left a good comment over there. Zelensky would be chilling with Epstein on the island. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> All uh, right, uh, it, not a, not 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 aligned with anything, but I just want to point this out because I think this morning's best item that I saw on Twitter was. Hillary's announcement that she has COVID and she and Bill were quarantined and they wanted movie recommendations and about yes, 15 just... people, about 15 people suggested uh, the Benghazi movie for her to watch while she was locked in the house. Yeah, 13 hours. So yeah, that's classic. Karma you know, is a bitch. I'll tell has you anyone that. has anyone checked on COVID to make sure that it wasn't found dead hanging in a cell somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I find it interesting that as uh, as Joe is getting on a plane to head to Poland. All of his senior staff are quarantining for COVID and can't get on the plane with him. I'm not going to make any Joe Stradamus predictions. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's a little ominous. You so, know, and I I wish I had it. Man. I wish I had it just at my fingertips, but I was looking at a map somebody drew of all the interlocking S-400 rings of how far out it goes and I just yeah. want to say, I mean, the S-400 system totally covers all of Poland. All of it. If ever there was a sacrificial lamb, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Enough of that. Enough of that Minecraft talk. Moving on. All right. Yes, moving on. Um, um, so, uh, moving from uh, Chernihiv. So, Sumi and Kharkiv really have kind of locked into these kind of, uh, I don't want to say frozen 
but they've they've really kind of uh, uh, stalled out either both on the Russian side and or on the Ukrainian side. Um, you know, the order of the day in both of these areas is indirect fire uh, via rocket and uh, and cannon artillery. Um, we're still seeing, uh, you know, indications that the, an offensive may be in the offing for Sumy. Um, but at Kharkiv, uh, the Russians continue to kind of just hold at their um, their temporary defensive lines. And, you know, so we I, I, I'm looking for a Kharkiv to, you know, essentially continue to be bypassed as that's a that is a tough nut to crack because it is the second largest city uh, in uh, Ukraine. Um, and so um, every time they blow up another building, they just make that much more kind of you know cover on the ground for for people to hide and defend from. So I think that that one made that one may get a pass. It may just continue to get just the Grozny treatment uh, from from long range. So and ju just a comment here, I was going to say, um, unlike all these other cities up here, like Sumy and and Konotop, uh and Chernihiv, uh, the forces that are coming after uh, um, Kharkiv don't seem to be bypassing it. The, the Kharkiv yeah. seems to be their goal. The Kharkiv yeah. and then spreading out to this wave. But Kharkiv yeah. is the only city that I have seen positive identification of actual counterattacking that has been successful. Right, that's correct. I mean, we did see that uh, that one mechanized unit that was essentially uh, wiped out and the commander killed. Um, so there have been some uh, some successes within the last two weeks in in and around Kharkiv, and I think that's probably what has stalled that out. I think we may see some of the forces in and around Mariupol if they're not shifted over to uh, go after Odessa, they may be shifted up towards uh, the Kharkiv area to kind of help exploit uh, that situation. Well. I have a question about Kharkiv, and I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but do we know if they had a change of mayor after this? Because I know on the first night, the mayor of Kharkiv essentially surrendered, right? But then by morning, forces were streaming into Kharkiv, and they were they were fighting in the streets. Wasn't um, he? Yeah, I don't know about that. I haven't yeah. seen anything. I remember that report, he, actually. But Yeah, uh, he put out a tweet, like, said, hey, Kharkiv is completely occupied. We've surrendered and blah, blah, blah. But then all of a sudden, the fighting started. So Yeah, he took a plane to join uh, Ashraf Ghani in Uzbekistan. I think it was his, it was his deal. That was his getaway thing. So uh, I, Something. Something. Um. So the, the, big, uh, the big show right now in Ukraine is continues to be Mariupol. Um, so let's, let's move down there. Uh, so there's a, so what we're really seeing is a, is a rush by the, uh, the Russians to subdue the city. Uh, this will allow them to free up, uh, combat power, um, that's employed in and around there and free that up for other duties and other locations. It'll also sell, uh, successfully to the public opinion. Um, you know, they'll try to raise the morale of the Russian troops and also lower that of Ukrainians, you know, just being able to kind of take those victory pictures in certain key locations in uh, in Mariupol will be a, a big victory. And also the kind of defeat of the Azov uh, Brigade. Um, now, I know that there are Azov elements at other locations, so it wouldn't be the ultimate defeat, but um, that's clearly going to be one of the things that uh, that they're going to trumpet uh, as part of their denazification efforts, uh, seeing as denazification is one of the uh, things that are they're actually kind of uh, standing on as the rationale for this entire invasion. 
Um, so yesterday, some uh, images. Let's see. Let's let's let's. Hey, were those the, thermal barracks? Yeah, that's what it looked like, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a steel mill, there, fellas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you want me to drop the map real quick uh, before this, so they can kind of see where this is at? Yeah. So let's look at just kind of yeah. So let's zoom in on this if we can. All right. First so that area. Straight propaganda, just for the record. <laughs> right, right. This is yeah. This comes from a uh, the War Gonzo is a uh, is a uh, media person, social media person who uh, who travels with Russian forces. Also, the this Russian with an attitude account is is pro Russian in its leaning. So, uh, fair yeah. warning. Uh, you know, as we've said before, we're not pro Russia or anti Russia. We just try to you know, tell you about the events on the ground and how that relates to reality. So anyway, what, I, so what does it say? What does the yellow mean? Is that the steel, just for the steel mill? That's the industrial area that you see yeah. being struck. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so I, so looking at that video, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. That video looked kind of doctored. Like, I, I mean, it looks like a little a, too perfect, right? Right. Yeah, those yeah, explosions I mean, are a little too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but, but here's the thing. I, I don't I thought that, too, but I think that's just the clarity of the video right. um, that we're getting. I don't think it's I mean, because if you look at it here, I mean, this looks too. It looks like a straight out of a video game. Well, can I can I be honest about what I think is happening here? If they really do have control of the rest of the city, like it's suggested, and this is a major PR thing for them, especially with Azov in the area. The Russian equivalent of combat camera probably set up for three days, figuring out the exact perfect shot to take and then timing it along with the artillery. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and these do look like thermal barrack uh, explosions. So this is probably employment of a toss. It one actually looks like demo more than it does artillery. I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah I'm not seeing anything falling. Like, like given yeah, the time well, periods that they should be in, we should be seeing something falling, and we're not. Right. It seems all coming from internal. That's yeah. It, yeah. Like maybe, I said, maybe, maybe, yeah. Some of these maybe, have maybe to be right. internal. Look, there's, there's yeah. a roof and there's no and, penetration. And it goes from, it goes from uh, the yeah, bottom yeah, of the screen right. forward. So these might be controlled detonations that are uh, actually, you know, put in by saboteurs or, uh, but Engineers. Uh, yeah. Cause that's a lot of demo. I mean, yeah. that's no, what I, I think you're right. That would take and a lot of demolition. I think we'll see a lot of a lot of this type of stuff and propaganda coming out of Mariupol because while we're not believing Vladimir Putin's story that he's denazifying Ukraine at all, um, he's gonna line up a whole bunch of bodies covered in Nazi tattoos and show the world and say, See, I told you. Um, and the problem is is that Ukraine made it too easy for him by putting them all in this pocket. So yeah. Hey, um, hey, just a hey, real quick before we go any further, if you guys in the chat are having trouble hearing any of us or uh, maybe one person sounds bad, but maybe the others don't, um, definitely let us know. So because, you know, I can tell you right now that uh, YouTube on my end is acting weird and um, your watcher was saying StreamYards is acting weird. So just, uh, you know, let us know uh, in the chat if you guys. Uh, yeah, and, and, and down detector is also showing a lot of issues with YouTube this morning. So, <clears throat> this um, the Russians. 
Okay, yeah, so right? uh, I want to complain that um, looking over is getting more love in the chat than the rest of us, and that's I know. just not. Even... <laughs> well, you know, a good guest is a good thing. So. Right, and I'm just saying the Russians are hacking YouTube because our show is way too effective at sharing the truth. They don't like it. No, that that may be true. I I like how our uh, number of viewer indicator keeps going from seventy eight to ninety two, and like back and forth between those two. Hey, uh, as long as we're talking about that, let me just take the quick moment while Javier is away to remind everyone that we are also available on podcast form and on Rumble. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So once the show is over, it uh, pops. It auto populates over to Rumble. Um, for now, we're not going to be streaming over there, um, but uh, that's something we're looking into. And so, uh, you know, as uh, as the show grows, we'll continue to find new ways to, to share it with you guys. Um, OK, so, yeah, this video of these tanks is is pretty good. Now, this is actual this is uh, these are Ukrainian tanks, not Russian tanks. So uh, yesterday, uh, images emerged of Ukrainian tanks facing uh, the advance of Russian forces in one of the main avenues of the city. Uh, this is to the northeast, uh, northwest of the city. We, we um, have a super chat. So yeah. oh, we do. I, I'm I'm out of the. Let's see where we go. Punch. That's an important one. Yes. Breaking <laughs> news. Scott is a Coast Guard fanboy. That's right. I tell you. I tell you, you know, I got no disrespect for the Coast Guard. I mean, they did give me shit trying to get out of uh, Iraq uh, with, uh, with you know, all of my my gear and stuff. But other than that, your all of your memorabilia. No, it's the dead. <laughs> it's all the uh, human body trophies I was trying to get out yeah, of there. Well, they said the, they had. Yeah. I, you know, I Ron was telling me um, about you, all the the ears and things, and I so that's what I I. No? Yeah, I was going to say, oh, they it said... It couldn't have been Ron, because I, I didn't know you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they said yeah. you were over your, your declared uh, ear That's necklace true. limit. I'd need a memorandum of record for my uh, chain of command, and then I didn't think they'd get, take that very very likely. Yeah, I, I, not, not, even, not even close to being funny, guys. <laughs> I think it was funny. <laughs> Well, the next thing you know, we're going to invite that SEAL Navy Chief Petty Officer in, and and he can tell us all about it. Is this the one who uh, who who uh, killed his army battle buddy over a cocaine deal? Well, oh, that's, the, that's, yeah, that's, well kind of, that's that's there's, kind there's, of there's so many. There's, <laughs> Such there's, a winner. Yeah, there's there's so many. All right, let's move Don't on. Get me started. That's, we're we're getting bogged down. Scott continues. That's right. Um, all right. Uh, Rand McNally, it. version six. Switch it over to the southern Tri front. Triple uh, A. Triple A tripped it. I'm ignoring both of you. Uh, protests continue in the occupied city of Kherson. Uh, the Russians are begging, uh, are, are, are beginning to use more hardline tactics, and images of the first protesters to have been shot have been seen. So, as you guys remember, the last show, we showed the. You know, the protests going down, and so it's starting to get worse. They're starting to employ uh, flashbangs and uh, CS, uh, you know, tear gas, things like that. Um, uh, to the north of Kherson, Ukrainian forces have carried out local counterattacks in and around Mikhailov to disrupt the Russian advance. But uh, ultimately, um, we're not seeing any other further advances. So potentially the Mikhailov area has become uh, fairly... Uh, uh, effective in pinning down those Russians. And we have another super chat. Uh, Greg 
Palotta uh, for $5. Uh, when this shite show is over by Christmas, yes, um, will you all do an analysis of what happened and how it could have been prevented in the first place? You're talking about the war in, 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 as a whole, right? I, that's no, he's talking about the council, I think. So. Oh, the council is. <laughs> hey, hey, Greg, if if you want to if you want to know how this could be prevented in the first place, um, you better you better pack a lot of uh, a lot of meals and a lot That's of right. hydration because uh, it's going to take a long time. Are we there yet? That's Are right. Are we there yet? <laughs> oh, and there we go. That's the end of the map today. So. Uh... See that that was that was that was fairly fairly decent time. Forty two minutes. Not well, we we had several big super chats we had to address. I mean, we if I remember correctly, we had to deal with uh, what's going to happen to Zelensky, you know, into the future. That's not a simple. Uh, that's not a simple map question. And cargo shorts. That's that is a that, that deserves deep. Uh, I I I didn't bring that up. I didn't bring that up. <laughs> Well, at least we didn't go down the Rhodesian shorts uh, rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only shorts Joe likes, if I remember Before correctly. Before people fl flood my Twitter uh, feed with that, I'll just point out once again that they lost, and it was probably because of the shorts. And they lost so bad that they had to change the name of the country. <laughs> ass ass assuming, assuming the most charitable to the council version of this question. So the easy answer is, uh, how could all this be prevented? Well, the Western, the Western countries could have identified the fact that they were trying to essentially push their shit all the way to Russia's borders and not done that. That would probably be the only way that this is avoided. Um, and that's, on top that's of one, that's one. But I mean, you know. Uh, also, uh, how could this be avoided? Um, a coup could have been performed in Russia uh, and taken out Vladimir Putin. That may have caused it, but uh, you're most you, yeah, you're just as likely to get some essentially. Oh, okay, okay, Lindsay. go get him, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is your wife forming your uh, your aluminum foil hat for you right now, there, Scott? Oh man, are you kidding me? I got I got. Aluminum. I got tinfoil freaking diapers on at this point. <laughs> I told you guys he wore diapers. I told you. None of you believe me. Amen. That's that's how come you can sit here for four hours without a pee break. I'm just gonna say now. that's commitment. Well, it's also. I mean, you know. Never mind. I'm, I'm not going to insult my uh, my counsel. Holy cow. Uh, you know, I you know I heard, I heard uh, back to that question regarding. Uh, how could this been have been pre prevented? I've heard like on certain uh, media platforms that the rush that Russia wanted to move its oil currency to cryptocurrency so that the oil they produce is tied to it's not tied to the dollar any longer, but tied to um, cryptocurrency. And in, yeah. and the examples they used was Libya and um, Iraq as you know points where you know those oil producing companies wanted to migrate their um mig migrate away from the dollar and here we are today the, you know you have saudi arabia and what was it iran or one other country wanting to migrate over to the yen for for oil production so i wonder how all that ties or um if that has anything to do with it i don't know i, I mean 
I don't know where you guys' thoughts. No, it's, it's I, definitely tied. I mean, if, if we're going to go that far, we could say that Ukraine could have prevented this by not trying to explore their offshore oil and gas options back in 2010. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot uh, as far as that goes, but the, well, the currency it, thing is definitely chief on here. But I don't, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know how we could have avoided that. This goes back to 1994. That's that's where this really started, and and the deal that was done yep. uh, to denuclearize Ukraine with security guarantees, all the rest of that sort of stuff, and then then. Western governments, the United States foremost among them, decided to use Ukraine as a cat's paw to continue to, to prod the Russians and also as a grift box um, in ways that are becoming clearer and clearer. If we ever get the laptop, you know, deconstructed, then I think we'll see quite a bit of that uh, in terms of uh, what was done in Ukraine as a way to foster um, uh, a presence in Ukraine that was bound to create. Uh, a reaction out of the Russians, and and they've said it for twenty years that they didn't want Ukraine to become part of NATO, and that's where we are. Yeah. So now, in, in the in, 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 in the, in the chat, I'm sorry. Go ahead. In in the chat, there's a lot of people talking about well, a coup in Ukraine would have solved it. A coup in Ukraine is what started the whole thing. That's exactly right. 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 That's how we got here. <laughs> so, well, so it, it didn't I, just start it; it accelerated it. I, I, I think stands right on when you ha you have to, you have to go all the way back to the beginning of you know the yeah. dissolution of the USSR and Ukraine and and them giving up their nuclear weapons and and the guarantees and the the shady deals that were made and then it just it just you know so that the latest coup in what fourteen fifteen only accelerated. The, uh, this crisis. So if yep. people are looking short term, like, you know, the last few months, what, what could have been done to prevent it? Hey, that horse left the barn has already lapped the ranch and it's, it's out of the County. So it, you know, it, we couldn't put that, that back together again. It, it so, was to happen. I, I, I think in my heart of hearts, I, I agree with Stan. I think going back to 94 is probably the best opportunity to really stop this, but I will, I will take a serious stab at a, at a, at a near-term policy change that could have prevented the war. And that would be if Zelensky had saw what he, if he was able to see what was coming and, and I mean, Joe, when did you and I first start talking about, I think it was like October, November, when we first started saying, I think Russia's going to invade Ukraine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I, and so that far, yeah. And, you know, if, if two dummies like us can figure that out back then, I mean, certainly the president of Ukraine with his intel service could have seen that last summer. OK, so if he if he saw that and realized that and saw where this would go, what could he have done? Well, what he could have done would have been to realize that the NATO uh, ring and the EU ring were pipe dreams. And that the, 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 the Finland model would have been the way for him to A, it avoided invasion uh, by Russia, but also remained in power for him to be able to continue his administration. I think the finlandization uh, of Ukraine starting last summer would have been the only way to really avoid this um, without and, going it back in the time machine all the way back to 94. At risk of setting off the chat in my Twitter feed, I'm going to say this again one more time. And also in 2014, not allowing the Nazis to become an actual part of your army probably would have helped. 
Yeah, I, I think I, th- I think that's just an excuse, though. You know, I it, it's a I, it's a, it's a real excuse. But it is. But why give them that excuse? And I'm so with you. I, I, I don't easy. disagree. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying. And, and and why would we, as Western nations, continue to support a country who did that with money? That's, I mean, seriously. Well, I, look. At some point, there's an accounting that'll be done, and 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 what we've seen so far in terms of the um, the number of people who've profited. Um, as as a result of our efforts to to turn Ukraine into a functioning democracy since since ninety four, um, it is legion. And 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 what you saw with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and the firing of the prosecutor is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. I mean, that's just the stuff that made it onto <clears throat> onto the media. But but the layers of different ways that that Ukraine has been used because. Cr- and you guys know that we have exposure there, but I mean, I'm just saying, Ukraine is 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 corrupt. It, it has been corrupt for a long, long period of time, and the 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 ability to take care of that corruption while virtue signaling about bringing Ukraine into the Western sphere of orbit, it was it was irresistible to the Beltway crew, absolutely yeah. irresistible to the Beltway crew. And then, well, and now and now they've been called out on it, and they and they did the typical sort of whoa, you know, we'll defend every inch of NATO territory, and and Zelensky is trying to drag us into World War Three. But other than that, it's great. Well, and well I just I just want to do something preemptive here, and before anybody any YouTube censors or anything who may be watching the show afterwards try and jump on us, remember we're we're drawing our information about Ukraine being corrupt directly from the New York Times. Circa 2018. No, I've got a better defense. I'm just drawing it from personal experience. So that's, I mean, that's real. So true. So, you know, an observation I've made while I was in uh, Central Asia, especially in Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, for example, um, both countries were playing off the U.S. and the Russians at the same time. So, uh, we provide aid and then for so long and then the Russians will come in right afterwards and provide aid or do, you know, do training or whatever the case may be. And it's like these countries, these, these pockets of, of countries, and I'm speaking from my own experience, were like uh, two uh, children of a divorced parents, you know, you know, you have mom, they play they're they're playing the the American they're playing us and they're also playing the Russians to get what they want. And oh yeah, by the way, they're also there's a third party. Mom has a boyfriend or dad has a girlfriend. Iran is also, you know, trying to get in the game. And I think right now the whole the whole the whole having control from Europe to China is I think part of the end state you know we saw this happen during the obama administration when uh russia invaded georgia you know georgia is a is a, is a pathway to central asia um you have a lot of these countries like any stands like uh tajikistan kyrgyzstan uzbekistan kazakhstan they're very much in line with russia but they also want to have relations with the U.S. because we we're always we're like we're like dudes at a strip club just always just tossing money out, and they're they're dancing they're dancing you know the Russians they're doing it the same thing for the Russians they're also doing the same thing for uh, the Chinese in Iran and 
we buy like we we easily buy into this because we want we want to have influence in that area and the problem is we're we don't touch that continent at all in no way shape or form other than our embassies so i think right now man um these we're getting played my opinion is ukraine is like the rest of these countries they're playing us on both sides and now it's time to pay the piper and at the end of the day you know the bouncer they 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 want the the strippers want the bouncer to kick the the ruffians out of the strip club and it's not going to happen i got to tell you from now on looking over is going to be explaining these geopolitical issues for us because that was the best breakdown i've seen <laughs> in the real term no seriously in the real terms that people can understand and that's uh Thoroughly Barney we style. are the dude at the stripper throwing money at everything oh, so we're not going to get any stripper love and that's it and we're hoping for that and we know we're not when it's not ever going to happen the stripper's not going to meet you in the parking lot i mean it's just well, i don't know hunter biden had that covered for a while didn't he isn't there well, that's true. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you know, uh, Cherry is Ukraine, you know, and she's on a she's she was on the poll, and, you know, and, the, and U.S. the U.S. and and Russia was sitting there just making it rain, I, making it rain. I, I, I had a meme for this. Well, you know, it, on the poll, don't we? You're you're absolutely <laughs> right. I mean, our our foreign policy in that area has been to be the ATM for that region. Yeah, in an in an attempt to buy influence without actually putting a footprint in there, yeah. and and so we rotate through administrations. We go hot and cold on the region. One 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 administration it's important, and the next administration it's not important. And the same thing's going on in the Middle East right now. And so um, those people whose interests are opposed to us understand the fact that the longevity of their commitment to reestablishing their position in that part of the world. Is going to win out. Yeah, hey, Afghanistan was Afghanistan was an important investment for the U, for the U.S. Had we kept a a functional government in place, and the rest of the region didn't want that. No one wants a functional Afghanistan, especially with the U.S. Because that was our biggest footprint in the area, and. Yeah, that's true. Without without that footprint, look look who's flexing. I mean, that's a major flex by Russia to oh yeah go this long um, on Ukraine, and they did it knowingly that they only have one front to fight for, uh, the fight from you know to worry about, and that's the Western Front in Europe. So you know, with us in 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 uh, Afghanistan, now they have to worry about. The spread of influence in that region and right. I, I i honestly feel that um and i'm not really smart on these foreign matters that pakistan and iran and russia and china were heavily you know were i you know i have nothing to substantiate this but i i think that they were paying a bill for the taliban that's just me um throwing and that's my tinfoil hat but at yeah. the end of the day, that's what I, that's that's how I feel about it. <laughs> you're 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 so spot on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right I mean head, yeah, man. the 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 bag man for that entire that entire trade was Pakistan. Yeah. We yeah. we will now go into the executive session into the uh, into the tactical skiff, and uh, right. we will discuss this further. <laughs> <laughs> God.
Oh man, no! I'm, I'm still, trying, I'm still getting. I, I can't finish my cup of coffee because every time I do, I'm, I'm thinking I'm at the Ukrainian strip club, and it's just, <laughs> it's too much. There it is. But it really was a great explanation. Gosh, are these guys? Are these guys? Uh, is this that right is President they, Zelensky? It's it's Vladimir Zelensky. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're in the heels. Uh, yeah. The to be clear, everyone, yeah, this is not a deep fake. Uh huh. This no, it's happens. not. This this is something he did and produced and put out before he was president. Yeah. Whoa. When he was a comedian. Yep. I, He's I got think high that's, on. that's funny. I can't even hear hear the audio, and that's funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, we would get copyright struck because it is a music video. Yeah, we don't need any audio. We just uh, oh wait, pictures. there's a pig, and there's a pig. Well, hey, you know, you know, it's not just oh, uh, Jack you, Murphy. You, you know, the thing that I like about uh, Ukraine, it wasn't just that, uh, you know, uh, Biden's boy who got a, a job there. I mean, if you look at all the big politicians whose kids actually Romney. are in, in yeah, Romney, Pelosi, um, I can't remember who else, but there were like several. There were about three or four, three or four more um, that had direct connections to uh, to to Ukraine. Well, not Mitt's kids, but Mitt's. Does, those are the those are the uh, those are the high profile examples. The thing right. that that you don't see are all the USAID contractors who have been rewriting the Ukrainian Constitution for seventeen years and 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 working on legislation for financial sector reform to no end, and and just society sort of sort of sort of stuff. And the hundreds of millions of dollars that flow through those programs to be siphoned off the top as it relates to fees to those contractors. Yeah. Ask me how I know. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's it is a it is a game. It's an absolute game. Well, and then take the same thing and apply it to SAIC and 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 all those other guys that, that are doing other aspects of this, and it's a honeypot. It's a it's an absolute honeypot. Yeah. So. When I was in uh, Tajikistan, I was having dinner with somebody and they were talking about uh, on the news. There was a lot of talk about Canada, 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 this, Canada, that. And I just happened to ask him, I'll go like, hey, what's the problem that Tajikistan again? You know, why did they have a problem with Canadians? And what was what he explained to me? And I don't know how true this is, that Canada, for for an example, has bought 51% of the mining rights in Tajikistan. And they were mining gold out of the hills of Tajikistan. 51%. So that means that the majority stakeholder for a foreign country, for a sovereign country of a mineral right was another country. And I think right now this those regions are going to start getting raped of mineral rights and especially we saw that because we saw a lot of companies as we're moving out of Afghanistan moving into Afghanistan from China to get a lot of to get a hold of a lot of the salt deposits that are there but I don't know how that relationship ends up working out with the Taliban because I mean I don't know but anyway but yeah this guy explained to me that and he was in the mining industry and he was telling me that 51% 51% of the stake of all mineral rights go to Canada. And, I, and well, this was and, back in 2012. 
And the end game to that is that that company, that shell company, then gets listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange, and everybody launders through that. It's it, that's a that's a game that's gone on not just in Tajikistan, but in in a lot of those countries. And if you think that's bad, wait till you see what the Chinese are going to do in Afghanistan for well, lithium and all the other things that are that we. Know oh yeah, there. well yeah. also also in uh in like in Kazakhstan during that same time period. They had a big oil boom and like they they had so much oil that they were literally going out to the fields with buckets like the the oil was coming up through the ground. And they're basically going with buckets and filling up barrels to go uh, have refined. That's and they, they hit it like during that time period. It was a huge oil boom. And we were trying to get I remember we were trying to get teams placed there during that time period to do some training exercises training exercises. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys have done a great job of teeing up the book uh, that you know that I'm working on because you're going to get a view from 1978 to current in terms of how bad we are at empiring. We suck at empiring. Yeah. And if and if we'd been better at empiring, um, uh, this will be an unpopular position, I'm sure, but it happens to be true. R- rather than going in and trying to take a goat herder society and make it into a fu- functioning Western uh, democracy inside of four or five years, or even a generation. India today is the result of the stewardship of the British Empire. Now you can take shots at it; you can do whatever you want to do with it. But empiring is something that is long term, and we have never understood that. And and yes, there's room to have differentiation in terms of domestic and foreign policy. The successful empires have always done that. But we just don't. We just don't choose to do it. We go in. We give everybody a purple finger. We declare the democracy, and then the shit hits the fan. And and then we look surprised when that happens. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If we were a if we were a good empire, there wouldn't be a nation of less than a population of a single state filled entirely with national resources sitting on our head. It'd just be us. Right. That's a lot to chew well, on. Well, well, I'm so, just saying, annex Canada. That's all. So <laughs> I, th- I think I think this is actually a pretty good segue into the into our next topic. Um, so just real quick, uh, how many? Let's see, how many likes do we have? Oh, 70 to 103 watchers. Come on, guys, we need to up those numbers. Those are rookie numbers. Those are rookie numbers. I, I love it. I open I open my uh, I open the stream on a completely different device that says nine people waiting, one like. So uh, thirty two. Weird. So go ahead and hit that like button. Let uh, let the algorithm know that this is a uh, this is this stream's good to go and that uh, it's uh, worth uh, people's time to watch it. Um, that's how the algorithm gets its functionality is 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 through the likes and then also through the interactions. So the chats you guys are doing right now. Um, so that's how that's how the the algorithm kind of you know gets up to speed. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, clearly you know longtime chat members know uh, if you super chat uh, more than five bucks, then uh, I'll read it immediately. I'll interrupt Joe no matter how heartfelt he's being. Um, you know, cut him off mid sentence and then uh, read your super chat. So, uh, okay. Anyway, so moving on to uh, our our, uh, our main topic of the day, and so instead of no, instead of having discrete separate topics, 
we were talking before the show, this topic right here is, you know, and we've already started, we've already started the topic, you know, um, just based on what, what, what we've been saying, but this topic right here, Zelensky talking about World War III, and then pairing that with uh, President Biden's um, remarks the other day about the New World Order uh, and the fourth turning, um, I think that I think that and other related uh, kind of linked topics will, will literally get us to the end of the show. Um, so this is going to be kind of a deep dive into kind of the the geopolitical reality that uh, that most of the world just isn't ready for. I, I don't think at this point. Well, and um, I think the geopolitical reality is this die has already been cast. You're you're, you're just you're still in, oh. the, in the prelude. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, OK, so so real quick, uh, let me do let me let me quote uh, quote our uh, our actor in chief here. Um I'm ready for negotiations with him, him being Putin, of course. Uh, I was ready for the last two years, and I think that without negotiations, we cannot end this war, Zelensky told CNN. Uh, I think that we have to use in any format, any chance in order to have a possibility of negotiating, a uh, possibility of, of talking to Putin. Uh, but, these attempt, but if these attempts fail, that would mean that this is a third world war. I mean, so, you I'm know. Push the button. I'm going to push it. I'm going to push well, it. Don't you know, de definitely, definitely he is trying to guilt the West into like, hey, you guys have got to do something in order that to, because if this thing doesn't stop here, it's going to go forever. But, you know, uh, yesterday I pointed this out over on uh, over on the legal mindset stream. Right now, Volodymyr Zelensky is loving him some Volodymyr Zelensky. He he is loving the attention. He's loving the limelight and he's going to do everything he can to remain in it. Uh, he knows that if he negotiates, he ends up, as Stan said, living out the rest of his life in obscurity uh, in Israel. And he's going to do what he can to remain where he's at for as long as he can. Now, the, when we say talk about him, oh, seven dollars super chat. Here we go. Uh, War nineteen eighty uh, for seven dollars. Um, you guys might uh, to check out making a locals page so that you're not splitting money with YouTube. You know, funny yeah, you, you should mention that. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're we are working on it. Uh, you know, we you know the the only problem with all this is that we all are pretty busy outside of what we do here with the show, um, and so it it takes time. And we're also trying to not make any to any rash steps so that we don't kind of overextend ourselves. Um, because like I said, we, you know, a lot of us don't have a lot of time outside of the, outside of the show. Um, I would like to give all credit to Watcher who is, uh, you know, really doing an awesome job kind of helping grow, uh, what we're doing here. Um, we're looking at opening like a digital platform similar to like a discord. That would be our next kind of step. Uh, and then once we've kind of got that worked out, um, then we'll open that up to you guys to be able to come in. And of course, if you're if you're a member of uh, on the uh, uh, on the, on the show here, then you will get certain privileges over there. And then we may have other kind of uh, things like locals, um, which would give uh, you know kind of other opportunities. And like these guys have got some really smart things going on. Um, so locals would be an opportunity for us under the brand of the Council on Future Conflict to be able for these guys to be able to write some things and uh, put some money in their pockets based on on their actual stuff versus uh, just the, the chats that we do on here. So you know, I'll uh, tell you, Watcher is worth every penny we pay him. That's right. It's exactly right. 
So, hey, back to what we were talking about. I'm going to ask this question. It won't be a, a whole, real quick. It won't be a discord, though. All right. Go ahead. All right. Um, do. So the big the big discussion is like the end state of what's going on and what the what the future is going to look like. Right. And um, this whole war, world three and new war, old order. And I was I was thinking about why you were guys while we we're um, taking that little break there about how diplomacy works, because they have like this Zelensky has to plead and the more he pleads every time he pleads that gives us a another reason to escalate the situation you, does that make sense because yeah. uh diplomatically he's pleading with the world hey i need help i need help i need help this is what's happening and at some point when that he if he doesn't do that every day it's like like say for instance tomorrow he doesn't do that or the next day he doesn't do that. Well, the situation is not that bad. Um, one of the things I learned participating in key leader engagements is that the the people that you're you're uh, talking with are going to plead, plead, plead. Their situation is so bad. Dot dot dot, and then. If you don't do it, dot, dot, dot. Like, for instance, uh, right. those of us who went to Afghanistan set in KLDs and, you know, these Afghans were, oh, you know, the Taliban is raping my my pig and my my goat and, the you know, <laughs> my wife is leaving me, blah, blah, blah. Life is horrible. Or you do a, like a med cap and, you know, a guy shows up and he's been missing the arm for like five years, but today it hurts. You know, it the weirdest things. And but they, if they know they can get something from you, they have to keep pleading for it. And without that type of diplomacy, we can't, you know, we can't support them. You know, if if Zelensky misses one day, he misses one day of pleading. That's millions of dollars not coming into that country to help fight that war. Yeah. And that's and that's I'm pretty sure the U.S. is not the only one foot in the bill. We're only hearing about the 800 was 800 billion or 800 million that went to that, that went there versus, you know, we don't know what other countries are throwing into the pot. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right on the money there. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you know, the other thing too, is that, you know, he's definitely, he, you know, he says he's he wants to negotiate with Putin, but his, he's negotiating on the stage of public opinion with, with the West. Right. You know, and he's definitely playing mama against dad, you know, uh, yeah. in this situation. And that's definitely, that's part of the diplomatic game, you know, that he has to, he has to make these type of concessions to show the world because how are you going to get public opinion outside of Europe? to side with him. Yeah. So, well, and, and the other piece that we have to consider in this is, is while everyone's focused on that public opinion in Europe and the problems in Europe, China's still waiting in the wings. Right. And um, I want to share a comment from the Australian defense ministry yesterday. Um, who warned that China may launch an unprecedented digital onslaught against Australia or other countries like the U S which would undoubtedly lead to injuries and deaths from loss of essential services, pressure systems, and panic. 
He emphasized the warning is not just hypothetical, saying that some might think such a scenario could not be possible. That you'd only read about it in a dystopian novel or see it unfold in a disaster movie. They're wrong. Um, so as we talked about earlier today on, in, our, in our private chat, we started sanctioning China for their involvement in Ukraine. Um, I, I sometimes think that that just like like lost uh, looking over just said is while we're all looking at this fancy, you know, this the, the, the shiny object of Zelensky saying, I need help. I need help every day. There's other things going on in the world that impact the bigger picture, all of which is tied to Ukraine and, and Russia. <clears throat> so. No, I, I, I think I think you're right. I think it's a bigger it's a bigger game. Right. Um, and yeah. while I don't think that Ukraine is is the I think Ukraine is just the beginning or or maybe it's we should. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, right. Maybe it's it's the prologue to the actual the actual story that's getting ready to get started here. Um, you know, and, and the more so real quick, look, before we get much deeper into this, let's go ahead and play uh, uh, Biden's comments uh, so we can kind of incorporate those into kind of like the next next kind of level of analysis, because uh, he brings some stuff into this that it has nothing to do with Ukraine. Um, but it has everything to do with, like we said, if Ukraine is the is the prologue, then what comes next is kind of what he's talking about. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy, not just the world economy in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day. 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, you established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway, you know, we are. So. You know, he, he he's essentially talking about the fourth turning, you know, the idea of this, you know, 80 year cycles in history, um, you know, World War II, you know, I think it was World War One to World War Two was the kind of the last big conflict period. Um, and that set up the, the liberal world order, which he he's he's correct there. Um, and then now we're kind of getting into the kind of the next the next version of that cycle. Um, and so, you know, it, it'll essentially be the generation of our kids, right? It will be the kind of the, the prime movers for that cycle, um, because we're looking at another, what, 20, it's another 20 years, um, you know, for each, each, each cycle is broken into four kind of chunks and, uh, you know, of about 20 years of peace. And so it's an interesting book. I haven't read the whole book. I've, I've read a, about the whole idea and I can't remember it's um, the fourth turning is the name of the book. And it's there is a, a I can't remember what did the, what the theory like, is called, but I like how he casually reveals what someone told him in a secure meeting the other day. Right. Well, well if you think that man has space left to compartmentalize his mind, I've got some news for you. <laughs> right. Well, then he said, I was he goes, surprised to learn that 60 million, million people died. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I said the yeah. same thing that he's talking about casually. Hey, whole millions of people are about to die. Um, it, it, that that's the subtext, right? Right. And then and then he's talking about, of course, the thing he answers 
that's the problem. And then what, what do we do? Well, the well, well, it's the new world order that's going to come out of all this, right? And so, you know, sometimes when these people talk, the mask kind of comes off a little bit, and you get to see what they're really well, thinking I'll about. I'll give you a reference from from my favorite book, and it says, "You will know them by their deeds." I mean, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. When people tell you what they're going to do, you should probably listen. Well, and you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a, I've never been a big, you know, uh, tinfoil hat guy. Um, and, and because tin, in order to be a full on conspiracy theorist, you have to believe, uh, you have to believe in hearsay about things that you don't actually know about. Right. And that's hard for me. I'm a kind of see it, taste it, touch it kind of guy outside of my faith in uh, Jesus Christ. I pretty much, I want to see everything. Uh, and I should have been born in Missouri because show me is definitely something I've been uh, saying a lot over these last few years. That being said, it, you know, it's no longer a conspiracy theory when they write books about it and when they say in public exactly what they want to do. You know, I, when they make web commercials that say you will own nothing and be happy. You know, let me tell you about the benefits of our Lord and Savior uh, stakeholder capitalism. You know, here's a, you know, these, these things, you know, the Great Reset, you know, and all this kind of stuff is it's public information. You know, I don't even need to talk about it. You guys can go out there and read the books. But but ultimately, I think that uh, these guys are kind of a canard. Right. Because ultimately yeah. there are vastly stronger forces in the world that are tied less to these, you know, utopian, um, you know, political systems and are more tied to the traditional systems of violence, power, and force, right? Uh, Andrew S.'s comment up there about the fourth turning, he actually explains exactly where we are in it. Yeah, 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 this is good. Let's see. Fourth turning means there was 80 years between the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, 80 years between the Civil War, World War II, 80 Yeah, yeah. So these are the kind of the big uh, cycles, and we're right <laughs> at that kind of 80-year point after, uh, you know, with – with where we are. Uh, so I, I think 80 years would be now, exactly 2026. As far as the turning goes, like I'm not, I'm not disproving the theory or anything, but I've looked into it pretty seriously. And, and the turning theory only works if you exclude the uh, exclude major conflicts that don't fall into that period. Well, I mean, <laughs> these are the biggest conflicts that we've been a part of, you know, I mean, well, I got you, but like, that... even for instance, the one between uh, uh, World War, they don't count World War One at all in, in that they count World War Two as being the, the next major turning because it would have screwed them off by 20 years. So so my understanding is that is that World War One is to that cycle as 9-11 was to this cycle for us. And so, you know, oh the 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 years of war, you know, are the bad 20 years leading into the really bad, you know, but anyway, anyway, my, I, 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 I'm not, I, you know, once again, I think it's interesting, but ultimately um, it's the things that we talk about here that I'm actually way more interested in, you know, for instance, Stan, I wanted to pose this, this is my, not a conspiracy theory. This is just my idea, right? And tell me if this makes any sense. China and Russia, you know, we're, we're coming back into the multipolar world with great powers. And China and Russia are two, are number two and number three when it comes to great powers. You know, both of them have interest in taking us down a peg. 
Um, I think Russia would prefer when it comes to great power competition to to sit it out, to be quite honest, because they are number three uh, by, by, a, by a long ways. Um, that being said, what are the chances that that this whole Ukraine thing is is just part of the uh, like a big setup for us to then over respond with sanctions so that China, Russia and some other countries could set up their alternate uh, economic system? Yeah. Is that to me? Is that the question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we're giving it a little too much credence as a premeditation. Right. I think event. you're right. Uh, but that does not mean. That does not mean that it's not uh, actually accelerating a trend that has been underway. Um, look, I mean, I, I think I think that we in the West have become so comfortable that we can consume our times with false outrage around things that that, and I'm not going to list them. You, you probably can all go through and pick your own favorites, but our false outrage living in the land of plenty at this particular point relative to things that the rest of the world doesn't care about, can't understand our fascination around, um, is sort of an end stage in terms of the diminution of sort of the sinews that hold the, the, the country together, um, the commonality points. I mean, look, I'm old enough. I'm old enough to remember when there were commonality points in our society regardless of whatever else was going on. And and now you can't get agreement on what's really important. We've got two big divisions and a bunch of subdivisions. So that process has been going on. And, and, and the sanctions are, with apologies to everybody on this panel and listening who served in them, are 20-some-odd are, are, are years of, well, more than that, or 40-some-odd years of wars uh, that have really not accomplished much except expending um, the human capital of the country and taking on a bunch of debt to, to lose the peace in each instance. Um, you know, we've exhausted a great deal of what the sort of seminal force is of, of our position in this situation. And so I'll tie this back to where you're going, Scott, and that is it's it's only and, and each response becomes more hysterical. OK, so in the context of Ukraine, we're, we're sanctioning out of existence um, a country that that occupies 11 time zones. And we think that's going to work. Right. And it's a country that is predicated upon whose whose production is all absolutely vital commodities that the world needs to be able to maintain its standard of living. You can go down the list. We've gone through it before and you know it. And you also know that those commodities allow you to work around sanctions more effectively than if Russia was a company, a country full of McKinsey's providing services, right? So we're splitting. Part of that is, is, is the notion that, that the hegemony of the dollar is under attack and all this situation has done is accelerate that process in terms of de-dollarizing or making the dollar not the reserve currency for the planet. And, and you go back, there's a corollary to your turning thing that looks at the impact of when countries lost their currency as a reserve currency. The British Empire is the one prior to us. Um, and, and, and it's devastating. 
we can't afford to continue to run the United States if we don't have the ability to issue dollars and have them accepted as currency globally with impunity, because that's what we do now. And so China, Russia, all the India to a degree, look and, and the Saudis to a the Saudis, to a great extent, are, are now looking to sort of be out from underneath the hegemony of the dollar. And yeah. that's going to have a ripple impact on our economy that I don't think people have yet figured out. Because when, when Congress actually has to make choices between entitlements and bullets, or, or the Green New Deal and food, then that's going to be the reckoning in terms of what happens with this society and its relative impact on the rest of the planet. That's that's the real that's the real effort or the real thing that's happening under the surface. If you think guys like Klaus Schwab are actually causing this, you're meant to look at that guy and laugh, right? While over here, the real stuff's going on, right? But is is the cost is is the loss of life worth all that? That's I've been sitting here thinking about this, and like the longer I'm out of the military, the longer I feel like war is the answer to resolving some of these issues. And so, and um, and like you said earlier, you know, I mean, I I really hate the fact that the last twenty years, you know, there's been that, you know, we've lost people, you know, because of what, you know ideology or whatever when we couldn't we couldn't just sit down and talk about these things or you know we had to go to the nuclear option of of killing people in order to get things done and so i'm sitting here like the the more i the longer i'm out of the military the more i become like anti not liberal anti-war but it's like it's not worth it why can't we come to like why can't we look at it any other option you know like so if we move to another currency, how's that going to hurt somebody else's wealth? I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to me why we have to resort to, you know, one country invading another country in order to make that happen. Well, let me try to pick that apart a little bit. Let me let me make a clarifying comment on my on my views with respect to the, the sacrifice of human lives, but particularly U.S. military lives over the last 20 years. It happens. War is a part of the natural state. The crime in that is not necessarily the fact that it happened. The crime in that is that we wasted the outcomes that those people gave their lives to try to achieve. That's the real sort of uh, sellout in that context. We went to Iraq to do what? Iraq is now part of Iranian hegemony. We went to Afghanistan to do what? Afghanistan is now part of Chinese hegemony. We went, we went to Vietnam to do what? Vietnam continues to be a communist country. I can keep going. And, and, and the point is, is that we've, we, we, we spent that currency in terms of military lives, human lives, and the, and the currency that we spent in order to do those things. And in some instances, we won the war and lost the peace. And that, to me, is unforgivable. Right. I I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like everything I did was for nothing, you know, and um, especially with what's going on today with with Ukraine. I mean, 
this opens up a lot of wounds for me because here we are back at it. And for what, what's the, what's the end state here? You know, I mean, we haven't been decisively engaged yet, but I can feel ourselves getting dragged into this slowly, but surely it's just a matter of how and when, um, when it's going to happen. Um, I would, I would, I don't think one Russian life, one Ukrainian life, one Chinese life is worth fighting over who's who's going to be richer and who has control of what. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I'm not. I sound like a peacenik here, but it's when you life is precious to me. It is. It's become more precious yeah. as I get older. And um, it's really in the maybe I'm I'm having a hard time coming to terms with losses I've had in my life, but I would hate to see. Let me put it to you this way: When I went to the ROTC program, when I got there, these kids they were high schools. You know, they were from nine eighteen to whatever age, and. I looked across the, the my class one day and I go, hold, I, I pointed to one of my students and my cadets and I said, how old were you in 9-11? He was like, uh, he said like he was four. Here, four years old. We're, when 9-11 happened and this kid is getting ready to put on a uniform and we're still fighting the same war. Yeah. At that time. Well, I, I'm going to be a little more parochial in terms of my 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 comment here, and that is, I, I'm sick and tired of seeing U.S. soldiers traipsing over traipsing over to Europe to bail Europe out of Europe's problems. We've yep. done it twice. There's no need to do it for a third time. If you want the United States involved, give me a call when the first Belgian brigade rolls into Ukraine. Right. Hey, well, that, that would be about the whole army. But wasn't that one of the things Trump Trump was like, hey, you guys, yeah. you're, you, hey, you guys got to pay for this. We're tired of putting a bill. Yeah. I mean, this kind of goes back to my whole idea of like America needs to understand where its interests actually lie and pay attention to those interests and give up these these historic interests. Uh, well, Ron, real quick, let me let me let me read the super chat. Hunts the dirty roofer for two dollars. Uh, Monroe Smedley Butler to 2024. Just saying. Ron. I have no idea. Huh. Well, he, he was bringing up the fact that the the meme that I have for all wars are bankers wars. That's uh, that's our good boy Smedley right there. <laughs> well, I, I just want to uh, pile on with with Javi there on uh, on everything. The uh, what what bothers me is, uh, currently is all these um, Beltway intelligentsia um, smart so called smart people, especially retired agency people who. Uh, anyways, who are, you know, saying you know, we really ought to support and supply the resistance of Ukraine, just like we did the Muj and and bleed the Russians dry and everything like that. I mean, they are they are really they say, see, this is this is harmless. It won't cost us anything except, you know, weapon systems. The Ukrainians will take all the risk. And it's and people are actually seriously thinking about this. And of course, most of these uh, former agency people that are talking about this. They're also part of the the group of fifty that signed that letter. So I mean, it 
it, it just God. all keeps circling back to um, to God. I don't know what, but it just it bothers me that that these people are actually being listened to, and these sorts of policies are are being discussed by what you would think would be serious people, but really aren't. And that's the you know I mean. You know, I'm joking a little bit, Scott, about, you know, the quality of the officers that came through OCS. But seriously, I, 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 I see I see a, a, a deterioration in the quality of, of the military officers. They in, a, in broad brushes. And, you know, it's there's there's lots of individuals that are that are terrific Americans. But in broad brushes, they're very careerist. They have no concept of uh, of what what it is to, to lead soldiers or, or sailors or airmen. They, every, everything is uh, a PowerPoint or a, a budget briefing to Congress. And, you know, let me, let me, uh, let me change something up so I can get a Legion of Merit. And I really haven't improved anything. I've just, I've just shined the hubcaps on the, on the old car just a little bit more. Um, you know, the, I remember the other thing, this goes to Stan's comment is uh, after nine 11 and everything like that. Uh, Somebody said, "Yeah, you know, one percent of us are at war, but the rest of America is at the mall." And, encouraged, and, encouraged to go to the mall, right? And, you know, and it's it it bothers me. I, uh, you know, I go out and and talk to people, and after I get get them over their reticence about, "Ooh, you're a former CIA guy," blah, 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 um, and everything like that. But we start, you know, they start talking about war experiences and their eyes glaze over. They have no concept. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, 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 so I meet, uh, you know, and and the, and the worst part about it is, and, and Javi can, you know, you can, you can drop me for burpees, Javi. I I don't, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, it, it really bothered me when my last tour um, several years ago working in the chairman's office as the director's rep, um, so many, so many of the military guys, because they all had to wear their ACUs or their BDUs or whatever it's called this week. Um, and I'm going, you don't have a combat patch. Wait, we've been at war for 15, 15 16 years now at that time. And yeah. you don't have a combat. You've never deployed. I mean, even just go to Kuwait, dude. I mean, you know, put in some time because, you know, up to that time, I'd done 12 of my 13 deployments. And I'm like, yeah, this, this is not, this is not good. Ron, there's I, an entire generation of people in this country who are now of military service age who whose, whose view on this is the fact that they're convinced that if you get shot, you get to respawn in the video game. Okay? Well, I mean, that's, that's it. That's the deal. Well, well, I well just, most, most of them can't even pass an, an entry physical. I mean, because they're, good Lord, they're, I mean, we, we've, there's a generation of, uh, totally unfit unhealthy americans well that's where we get these videos like like um henry Locke, right who's like i went there and i joined the ukrainian military and they told me where i had to go and they actually shot at us yeah that that's what that's what life is in a military organization it's not Uh, called well i uh, i i I just want to i just want to bring this up because it's something that scott said and that it's something that ron touched on again um just from different angles and i want to tie it together um Scott, you 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 mentioned that we need to stop pursuing like that. The, there seems to be a big mismatch between what we're pursuing as a nation and, and what we what what our actual uh, goals are that would be good for us as a nation. And 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 Ron said roughly the same thing is that we have some leaders who are going through that. Guys, I that is the problem. 
right there is that we have leaders that don't serve the nation. They serve their individual personal interests and they're using the national uh, 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 and they have been doing that for over probably 50 years now. And it's just got continuously worse. It's, it's like every other behavior that a president does. If, if one president does it, the next person who picks up not only has permission to do it, but to do it further and more. Well, it, <clears throat> I'll give you a, a, a bad example is, um, you know, 20 years in Afghanistan and, um, you know, did multiple tours there under multiple different uh, chiefs of station and, and uh, ISAF commanders. And every time I had to go there, it was, it was a different strategy, different intent, <clears throat> different uh, uh, phase four goals of, you know, what, what culmination victory is going to look like and, and whatever. Um, yeah, somebody, you know, I commented and I'm sure I did, this is an original, but <clears throat> we're, we're, we fought a 20 year war one in one year increments. We had no grand strategy. We had no plan. I, I mean, I, I got so frustrated one time listening to, uh, uh, several senators that came to my, uh, my CIA base and, and were, were telling me all about how to, how to fight the war because, you know, they, they knew all, they knew better. I said, look, if you really, if you really want to end this thing, you know, let let us go rampage into Pakistan like we did, like like Richard Nixon did into Cambodia, you know, we know where all the Taliban and and Haqqani training camps are. We we can eradicate this real quick and and make it just such a low level insurgency that the that the Afghan national police will actually even be able to handle it despite all their incompetence and corruption. But yeah, that was pretty radical. I. Uh, <clears throat> I almost oh, got wow. kicked out of country for that. But Ron, Ron is Colonel Kurtz. Your methods have become unsound, man. I mean, <laughs> no, sound. no. My, my, I mean, even back in 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 2002, uh, and a lot most most Americans forget this. Uh, <clears throat> Anaconda had just concluded, and uh, so we had all these uh, war tourists come from the Pentagon to, uh, you know, with their bush jackets, and they thought they were going on African safari or something like that. But in the meantime, while our attention was distracted with Anaconda, Pakistan and India were ramping up tensions to the point that um, it looked like they might actually start lobbing nukes at one another. And we already knew from just the initial intel reporting that we hadn't covered all the rat lines out of out of the Anaconda area of operations, and a lot of lot of people had did him out over the over the mountains into Pakistan, as they had done earlier in. Um, in Tora Bora. Um, and, and so, you know, I had one deputy vice alternate assistant secretary of defense for whatever, you know, he's, 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 he's puffing his chest out. He's doing that whole Napoleonic thing. And, and he says, <clears throat> so, you know, Ron, where's the enemy? And I looked at him, I says, well, <clears throat> it's over there. It's in Pakistan. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the, the Afghans would agree with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I remember uh, sitting in one <clears throat> one meeting when the uh, the Afghan Army Chief of Staff or Minister of Defense, whatever he was that week, um, he asked for. <laughs> I always love this. Uh, it was hard to keep a straight face. He asked for F-16s and 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 M1 tanks. <laughs> and of course, you know this was way above their uh, their competency level, um, <clears throat> but. Uh, and so, you know, after we all had to bite our, our laughter back and our giggles, so what would what would you use that for? And he goes, well, 
I'll go into Pakistan. I'll, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to defend my country, but I can't do it by always playing defense. And, oh my God, you, <laughs> you thought he had, well, he probably did fart in the room, but it was, uh, it was, it, it, the meeting sort of rapidly deteriorated from there. <laughs> well, you know, w- one of the most surreal events of my entire time in Afghanistan was watching, um, uh, watching, you know, you, you know, in the talk, you got your, uh, you know, you get to watch the game, right? You know, you get to watch the, uh, uh, you know, the full, yeah, mo- the ticks, full motion, the ticks, the ticks on yeah, Reaper the tick, TV. Yeah, the tick, exactly. You know, the full motion video from the Reaper uh, kill TV, and and we were, <laughs> yeah, we were watching, and you know, I had just come in, and I knew that there had been something going on, but I'd been doing my own thing, and I was like, hey, what are we watching? He said, oh, we're watching uh, the uh, Pakistani-Afghan border outposts uh, along the way. There'd been some tensions. And then so I started coming in every 10 minutes and saying, what's going on? Or And then I, I leave. And then literally five minutes after I leave, uh, my buddy comes back in to the uh, staff area. He's like, come, you've got to see this. And uh, and so I come in there just in time to see a um, Pakistani tank firing into the uh, Afghan uh, outposts and then the Afghans were shooting RPGs back at the tank. So it was very, um, you know, uh, and this is one of the one of the times uh, that the Taliban said that they should they announced on social media that they should declare a local ceasefire so that they could come and fight with the Afghan army against the uh, the uh, Pakistani army in the area. So, you know, definitely. You know the Afghans knew who the who the enemy was, even if we didn't. Um, right. oh, real quick, anti commie for two dollars. Oh Lord, the pudding puff uh, generation. I think he was probably uh, commenting on some of those memes that you were pulling up there, watcher. Um, those are some big boys. Well, hey, the, the nice gotta... thing about the pudding puff generation is a lot of them <clears throat> have uh, have spent their mom's credit card at Ranger Joe's or U S cavalry or, or whatever the, uh, whatever the latest, uh, <clears throat> war, uh, war, war supplier of, of gear to, to nerds and idiots is they're, they're all loot drops just waiting to, uh, to happen for us. So I'm like, you know, everybody says, you you need to go do more of this and get more of that. Yeah, exactly. Joe. I'm just like, I'm like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to basically walk. It'll be like a video game. I'll just walk down and I'll ding, ding, I'll collect ding, ding. I'll collect prizes as I walk (laughs) through the Valley. And uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, I mean, for you gamers out there, that's, that's a loot drop with a really big hitbox. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Hey, I got to bounce off, but I want to leave with uh, leave y'all with a thought. Absolutely. I, um, so I've been thinking about this for the last couple of months, and I honestly feel that uh, our country has been infiltrated by enemies. And follow yeah. me on this: that has influenced our our capitalistic attitude of consumerism to the point where we consume so much that we can't move and what inspired me to bring this up was all those pictures you're showing of the of the uh, guys in uniform the last one we we are a consumer driven society that has to have the latest and greatest things and you know what the world's willing to sell it to us and we eat it up like it's nobody's business and the further we pull away from that the more they want to drive us in um and then and lastly I think that 
and this is, and I don't think this is a tinfoil hat thought, but I really do feel like um, the enemy of the state has infiltrated every aspect of our country from teachers in elementary school to Hollywood and in the government. I mean, every bit of it has been infiltrated and every bit of influence has been, um, it's, it's, I don't know how else to describe it, but I think all this leads up to what the end, end state is at the end of the day. But yeah, I gotta I gotta take off. I got a meeting in fifteen minutes. Hey, hey I want to I want to thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, definitely uh, give uh, Lost a uh, Javier give a, give him a uh, a follow on his Twitter account. The link the his link is down in the description. It's also right there in his name. Hey, uh, hey Javier, if you haven't done it before, I would encourage you to read up on two things. I would I I'd, I'd check out cultural Marxism and I'd check out the Frankfurt School. Okay. D D DM me that and uh Def most definitely because you you're you're on to something there and yep. it's a, it's more complicated, but you you're it's, breaking it down Barney style and, and you're and you're not wrong. I want to tell you what the, the school, the one military school that ruined me was Sear School. I have not <laughs> been the same since Sear School. And because they go they do a very good job of helping breaking you understand breaking it down, like breaking yeah. down propaganda. And how, are, and if you want a good example, look up the, uh, look up any photo of, uh, the USS Pablo, uh, Pueblo. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And look up like the North Koreans would have gotten, uh, led you to believe that these guys were like, they gave in to communism, uh, go to the picture of them as prisoners down, 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 down. Yeah, underneath on the right hand side. Yeah, right, right hand, hand side, like second row. <laughs> and you can see these guys resisting. But um, if you if you were to look closely, they're flipping off. They're they're giving the middle finger. Yeah, the guy's sitting down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're in the white. I think I think Watcher's uh, his his browser's locked up or something. Oh, okay. But anyway, I got to get going. I got to. Yeah. Hey, definitely, definitely, we're gonna have to bring you back again, brother. Uh, we appreciate I'll love to your, come back. Uh, yeah, we appreciate your wisdom and. Uh, no, that and, is good. Yeah, they, yeah, there it is. They're all giving the middle finger. Yep. Yeah. Sorry about that. It dropped me for a second. Yeah, dude. I, I, Avi, it was what. great to see you again, brother. It's good to see you too, Ron. But like I said, Sears School ruined me. And you know, I can't watch. I can't watch a movie. I can't watch. I can't listen to the news without seeing oh my it. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. All right. Be hey. sure to salute the flag. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. And I know Javi's got to go, and, and I'm just going to mention this after you know to, to follow up on his point. There was also uh, the first pilot in Vietnam who did that. He did the uh, the tap code with his eyes while they were yeah, interviewing yeah. him on Vietnam TV, and he spelled out torture. So yeah. Got All the right. Medal of Honor for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, take care. All right. Later. All right. Yeah. That was a really nice Monday, uh, Wednesday morning surprise. Thanks for having yeah. him on, Scott. Hey, no problem. I'm always trying to, you know, bring some new stuff in here, you know, and uh, he's, he, he, you know, he, he worked out really well, I think. So uh, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a class act and, and, uh, 
Um, he, he's been on a couple other uh, programs uh, talking about his uh, the, the tick he was in where his uh, his ODA teammate won the Medal of Honor. And it um, you better have a couple boxes of tissues when you uh, when you listen to that. It's it's on the other Jack Murphy's uh, podcast called The Team House. And uh, um, but anyway, yeah, um, Javi, uh, Javi's Javi's a warrior, even though he doesn't he doesn't come across all the. Uh, who were, uh, and I, first time I actually met Javi was uh, as they were prepping for that deployment. They just arrived in Afghanistan. So anyways, I digress. Your show, yeah. go for it. No, no, absolutely. So, um, well, you know, I, it, so we, we, we talked about, we talked about like, you know, where we think this is going. And, you know, so we've got the World War Three thing. So let me pose the question about World War Three to you guys. Mm. First of all, you know, you know, we we hear that World War Three is oh, that's that's c- complete bullshit. There's no way that's going to happen. You know, there, you know, the, everything that we're doing in the world is is aligned to to not make that happen. What do you guys think? Is, is that a is that even a possibility? I I honestly personally, I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll let you guys know what I think. I think it's a possibility. I don't think it's a it's a great likelihood, um, but I think it's a possibility, and and it definitely would not look like previous world wars as far as the, you know, the long drawn out things. I think this one would be a lot, you know, a lot quicker. But um, what do you, I I would go? To, I would say we are in the neighborhood of seven to ten percent likelihood. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I disagree. Uh, the likelihood is one hundred percent, but that's because I have a different theory of what World War Three is than well, what the powers that be do right i think yeah i think i think you and i are probably the the world's idea is they're going to establish a new world order right uh my philosophy and if you've ever looked at my twitter for more than more than five seconds you'll see that my philosophy is that world war three will actually be a series of civil wars of of the rest of us in the world saying hey we're not going to let you do this to us right well i mean ron what do you think I, I, I'm, I'm in Joe's camp. I, uh, I, I think that's where it's at. And I, I think the powers that be, they, they don't understand what's going on in their countries. Truly. They really, they don't have a good feel for it. They, they think they're leading, but they're really just wandering off into the bushes a la Joe Biden. Um, but what bothers me also is, and I, I read this this morning, um, instead of, uh, posting, you know, with Stan, you know, racing to post the, the early morning um, things in the private chat is um, retired Admiral Stravitas, who is the smartest guy in the room, anywhere he goes, just ask him. Um, oh, you know, he's he's laughing, chuckling about um, the ineptitude of the Russian military. And they, they really are, you know, and, and I don't know if he's just doing it for clickbait, for likes, but if he really is a serious military scholar and he's he's doing that okay i admit yeah okay the russians dorked up and they're not they're not the the 10 foot behemoth you know juggernaut that everybody assumed they were but they're still around and they're they're still they're still grinding it away i mean <clears throat> if we if we looked at the map from day 5 to today's date you know we'll see you know obvious progress it's slow, but let's keep, you know, keep in mind the terrain and Ukrainian resistance and ineptitude of the Russians. But 
<clears throat> but Stravitas represents the, uh, and this goes back to my earlier comment with Javi, is, is this, he represents the, the, the level of thinking that we have in, in the military today. And, and he supposedly is one of the better and brightest guys. I mean, he used to be, or maybe he still is, and uh, the dean of the Fletcher School there at Tufts University, one of those yeah. premier elitist schools. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to condition us to say World War III, however it looks, Again, I like I said, I agree with Joe's um, perception or, or uh, forecasting of how it's going to look. It's it really won't it won't be that bad, people, because look how inept the Russians are, you know. And <laughs> it's it's okay, you know. So so we'll lose a a few thousand people. We're used to that, not a big deal. And look at look in the end, we'll we'll have that new world order that will will have tipped over from the inflection point into whatever the future is. And, and if, if Joe Biden, if that was his, um, his inspirational speech about, Hey, we're, we're coming into a, a you know, the beginning of a new history of, for the world or, an, uh, then I'm not very impressed. I'm, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go shine my ammo. You know, I, I just want to give mine real quick. Uh, I'm with all you guys, but I'll give this different caveat. I think we've been in the opening stages, what historians will look back and realize is the opening stages of World War III since yeah. roughly 2019, like roundabouts, the, the midsection of 2019. I, I'd go I'd go back a little earlier than that, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, yep. Hey, you know, um, Stan, I know you got to you got to dip here in a few minutes. I'll give you an opportunity to kind of, you know, close out your your thoughts before you you leave. What do you think? Well, I, I think I think I think we've developed a fair um, consensus on this panel uh, around World War Three. Um, I, I am also of the camp that that it's going to be devolution. As it relates to World War III, yeah. uh, it's going to be an unraveling, not a not a reset, not a new world order. It's it's going to be. Um, it, it, I think it will result in deglobalization. I think that's going on as we speak, um, and and you know <clears throat> we're going to go back to uh, uh, a very uh, a very sort of uh, disaggregated map um, as a result of that. Um, it's uh, it's a real it's a real it's going to be very 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 interesting. So I think the I think the centri the forces of the centrifuge that are spinning off all these different conflicts is going to continue, and I think it's just going to intensify. And um, uh, I don't I don't I have a very I think at the end we're going to be better for it, but I think that there's going to be uh, uh, some real challenges going forward. I think the financial system that has been stacked higher and higher and higher. Uh, you talk about the turning points uh, in terms of conflicts. Um, one of the things that I watch is the turning points as it relates to um, our financial system. So since since the late to mid '90s, we have piled one crisis on top of another and never really gotten to the root causes. We've simply printed more money uh, to, to sort of flood the zone and make and allow people to go to the shopping mall. And I think that that 
process, go back to that de-dollarization thing, is is well underway, and I think uh, I think it's uh, I, I think it's going to be tough to turn around. So take that as a contributing factor to the sort of disaggregation of the of the known world order, and I think that's what you're looking at. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing is, is in, when I was saying 7 to 10%, I meant like, you know, like a straight up head to head China versus the United States with everybody else having to pick sides kind of world war in the traditional I, I, sense. You're I, fighting I, I think, that, you just built the Maginot line. You fought the last war. It's not going to look like that. Right. I mean, that, it, that's, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a very low likelihood. I think, you know, the one thing America will continue to serve us is that it, it isolates us from the rest of the world. And so that doesn't mean we're not going to have conflict. I, I, the point that you brought up in the in the private chat earlier, Stan, I think is very apt. We're more likely to be fighting each other than we are uh, because you know because of stressors that that are applied to our economy. Um, you know, one side wants it one way, and the other side wants it the other way, and and they're willing to use force in order to to get their way. I think that's the. I think that is the conflict that we're likely to see in America, and I think ultimately it's going to go around the. You know our, uh, you know the the blue and the orange uh, map that you've shared in the past. I think. Yeah, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I think that's I probably what it's going to look like. I don't take any great pleasure in that. It's simply a, a cold, unemotional read of the facts set on the ground, and that is, you know, you've got you've got groups in this country some of it's generational some of it's ge geographical some of it's educational some of it's just hard-won knowledge from the school of hard knocks but you've got groups of people who don't have anything in common anymore and who don't and and, and can't describe what the real world is or don't want to describe what the real world is um or or versus those who have to live in the real world and i just think that that's going to fray i think it's fraying now and i think it's going to become really afraid um, and, 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 the, and, and the republic of montana no we will have a very strict uh immigration policy it's a it's a it's the duchy of montana duchy, so. yeah. yeah i'm yeah. sorry the duchy i keep getting that wrong there's the, the, the constitutional monarchy is the probably best way to think about that so yeah well good news is that i if, if my geography doesn't fail me my public school education i think uh you and ron will share a border so that's <laughs> You know, I made this a little while ago, and I think it works. Yeah, I, I think it does work. <laughs> well, I'm going to be the Duchy of Fenwick because all I remember is they they won their That's war great. against the United States. Yeah, 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 yeah. The mouse that roared. Uh, so did the Mormons, the Utah War. Oh, there you go. You, you, great state of Deseret. That's going to be a big war between yeah. them and California. But, I, you know, look, I mean, I just I do I do believe I'll finish my point, which is also the one I made in that chat. And that is there's, there's a great deal of folks in the country who just want to be left alone. OK, and I think if they if they could be left alone to live their lives the way that I posit the majority of the country wants to be. OK, uh, the, the issue is, is that those people that that lost was talking about aren't going to let anybody go. Okay, they're pharaoh, right? And they're, you're going to have to get the seven plagues to allow us to live our lives in the, in the manner that is historically consistent with a, a democratic republic. You're going to fight your way out of this bag. You're not going to legislate or 
convention of states or or anything else out of this bag. And I'm sorry, but I, I think that's I think that's where we are. It, it it sucks, but that is the reality. I, I, yeah, I agree. You can't vote your way out of tyranny, but only if we voted harder or more gooder. <laughs> well, I'm just glad we don't have any more mean tweets. I I feel so much better. Right. Well, uh, you know, as we say, all right, Stan, I don't want to keep you any longer. I, I got to so, go. Uh, we'll we'll be, see you. Be well. Um, you know, I, I think I think we have run the boat aground on this, um, and without uh, you know, I I, 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 I saw your uh, your your note in the private chat there, Ron. I'm looking so I'm so looking forward to this new thing. Um, but you might want to uh, tell the people. Hey, sh- hey, watcher, share, 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 share the sergeant major of the army's uh, tweet. Let's 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 adjourn that to the private chat. I don't I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to take up here because we have a five dollars super chat. Uh, Trevor R for five dollars. America has never been a, a United States. The, the book Nine Nations of North America described it a couple generations ago. The problem is interior invasion. Yep, that's that's organization that's right for the win. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we have a lot of cultural, you know, connections within the country that are stronger than the overall. I think if we were a constitutional republic, as we as we all kind of believe we should be, I think it might be different. But the problem is, is people are more connected to their uh, social media apps than they are to uh, the Constitution that that is the, the divining star for us. So, um, all right. So that being said, hey, uh, this was a good show, guys. This was a really good talk. I'm glad we had a loss uh, on. He's uh, Javier was a really good sport and definitely going to have that guy back. And uh, maybe I'll add him into our chat. Uh, you know, if if we don't kind of blow his hair back with too many uh, uh, too many things. Um, all right. So Joe, what's uh, what's what are you working on? What's the next? What's the next? Uh, well, we're uh, we're taking the the tactical wisdom series a little bit more spicy in in, in light of what what uh, what Stan said and what we've all agreed on that things are conflict is going to ramp up. So we're going to take our preparedness from from book one and book two and book three, where we learn the basic skills of defending our homestead. Book four, we're going to start to look outward. We're going to talk about scouting and patrolling and how to uh, handle that conflict before it's at your front door. Uh, we're going to go with some. Uh, some so we're taking it back to 1750s. We're going to do a little um, skills from the from the French and Indian War and from the Boer Wars in Africa um, to teach you how to maybe get out, look around your area, and prepare to to, to meet bad things before they come to your door. Um, doing patrols, setting up ambushes, um, keeping an eye on things uh, outside of your own local area, things like that. Um, because I think those are skills that, quite honestly, will be needed. If if if, you, if we're looking at a breakdown of law and order, and there are looters out running around the 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 country, and there's no law enforcement coming to help you, um, you're going to need to be able to deal with those bad guys as far from you as you possibly can, rather than letting them come to your door. And that's what book four will be. Uh, looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it, uh, Ron. Be sure uh, be sure to emphasize. Uh, silhouetting yourself on the horizon okay that's that's an important thing otherwise how am i going to do all my loot drops right we need some people to do that yeah well, everyone remembers but, but, skylighting 
Perfect. But Ron, you, you know, you want to let them come down the hill first. You don't want to have to climb all the way. You don't want to go all the way to the top. <sighs> all right, logic. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You have to but... walk right down the middle of the road, just like the LPR militia did. So... <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but we digress. Ron. No, so where where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at OGA Ron. Um, there it is. Or uh, at my website, ronmoller.com, which is my campaign website. And I'm just, I'm going to say it again. Um, I agree with everything we've talked about here, but, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to give up on my country just yet. And, and I do mean the entire United States of America just yet. Um, so that's why I'm running for political office because, you know, we got to take back our country one political office at a time. I encourage each and every one of you that are listening or will be listening to this to get involved, register to vote, go to your county school boards and local school boards and commissions and councils and whatever, and, and learn what, what those elected officials are doing on your behalf or, or doing on their behalf and get involved. Um, we still have that system of government and it's important if the longer you remain ignorant or not involved, the longer they get away with doing all their shenanigans. Thank you. Um, okay. W Watcher? That's me. Uh, uh, I have no grand speeches like Ron. His was great. So I'm just going to say go donate to Ron. You guys can go to his, you guys can go to his win red uh, thing to donate to his campaign. Um, and yeah, I'm going to, that's not a link that's in the thing. I'm going to drop it in the chat here real quick, just cause I find it to be important. Thank you. I, 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 I think that even if stuff does go sideways as, as Joe and I, and, and others are predicting, I, I think that if you look back at other conflicts that have happened, you see that you must, must strive to make every attempt possible to make changes in a peaceful way in order to 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 be at all successful if things go sideways so hey so real quick uh the results of the poll guys we didn't we didn't we didn't really talk about it but I, I just wanted to throw this out there i said where in the u.s uh greatest areas of interest i put the western hemisphere east asia persian gulf and europe and with uh 71 votes uh you guys 56 percent of you said western hemisphere followed by east asia the persian gulf this is the correct answer. By so the way. proud of you. So proud yeah. of you, chat. <laughs> you guys. So this is the this is the logic of uh, of crowds. I mean, crowds actually get it right um, more often than experts do a, a lot of times. So anyway, good job. Uh, if you if you voted for Europe, uh, if you want me to explain to you why, um, it's just a museum. It's nothing productive comes out of Europe. It it's it's also in a in a demographic dead end. So, um, all right. So declare action says action, uh, says name change when. So the, as soon as we get the logo done, we will, uh, share that and the, the name change. If you're already subscribed to this channel, it will be seamless to you. You just come right back and, and, you know, it's only for when you, you know, share it out with people and, and tell them, Hey, how can I find this? You can just say, we'll search for future conflict. Um, so that'll be the name, the new name of the channel, future conflict. And, uh, I really look forward to, uh, kind of, you know, leaning into some of this, uh, stuff that we've got coming up, we, you know, guys, if, if you liked, uh, Javier today, uh, more guys like him, uh, real people who have been there and they've done that in the world, 
Um, they've got informed opinions based on real world experience. Um, they will continue to supplement the, uh, the regulars that we have here on the channel. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to just kind of continuing to organically grow this community. You guys are awesome. I know a lot of you guys have come over from Legal Mindset. Um, so if you if you have not subscribed to Andrew's channel, please do Legal Mindset on YouTube. Uh, he's he's great. Uh, he covers a lot. He covers legal stuff, but he also covers a lot of culture stuff. Uh, and then we do a weekly about weekly show with him. Uh, it's either me or Joe or I brought Stan on before. So I think, Ron, we need to get you over there on uh, Andrew's channel sometime. Yeah, I just I just need a, a few days heads up notice so I can schedule it around campaign events. Awesome. Yeah, let me let me get with him and see if he wants to pencil the next one in and then I'll let you know when it is. By the hey, way, then, names, that's declaration, not declar at the end. It's declaration. I know. I know. Ah. I just like to I just like to to troll him a little bit. So, that, hey, guys, I'm too stupid to figure it out. The, the real thing. I've got something just for the end of the show before we sign off. I know that we tickled it earlier in the middle of another conversation topic. But oh, let please me tell me this now. is. Please tell me this is. This isn't the video from. Oh. No, 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 no. Don't worry. I, I'm saving that. We're. we're okay, it'll be a okay. special occasion. Um, right, we'll, we'll use that for Friday, maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is more about the uh, the Gilded server. Let me explain what Gilded is real quick. If you've ever heard of Discord, Gilded is a uh, Discord clone that is not run by leftists and actually has some improved features. We're setting up a community there. We currently have it set up. We're just having an open call for people who would be willing to moderate our uh, aggressively autistic fan base. I want Yeet Power. <laughs> you you have eat power after you said like okay. while we've been talking i gave you uh, a council membership so there you go ah, yes. um we're gonna open that up oh, real soon but that is fine exactly Sorry. if you're if you're interested in wielding the ban hammer in service of the council um please dm me on twitter and we'll we'll get you integrated yeah and uh and if you're not on twitter the only other thing that you can do is just drop your email into the uh, chat and then, uh, yes. Yeah. So Torgo White says, wait, what, okay. what is this? Yeah. It's for? called, it's called gilded. And the way that makes sense is if you're, if you're an older gamer, uh, like in the early 2000, mid 2000 range, you remember when we used to do gaming guilds, that's what they're referring to is gilded. Um, yeah, it's pretty good band on Twitter. Okay. I am also on gab. I am on Watcher on the web at Gab. Um, or you can just hit me up at the Watcher on the web at ProtonMail. Hey, put, why don't you put that in the chat with uh, like spaces between the app? Um, yeah, sure. You can do that. I think I can just put the whole thing in there because I'm, okay. a, because I'm a mod. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, so it couldn't, so bots couldn't crawl it, but. Ah, yeah, well, it's a proton mail. Speaking of which, everybody, if you're going to switch off of Google, proton mail offers free encrypted email services. And they've and... yet to censor someone for political bias. And if you buy some of their premium services, you got a lot of really neat tools that you can oh. use. 
keep it online. Hell you yes. Know, and, and just to and just to let you guys know, like like we advocate for in the in the real world, getting prepared for things that you don't want to happen, but you you know may happen. We're doing the same thing here in the council too. So what does that mean? That means we know we're coming up on uh, silly season with the with the whole political campaign, um, and you know people people get heated, and we're already talking about a passionate subject. Um, so all it takes is for one of us to just kind of get on a rant, and it could very well be me. Um, and YouTube decides, nope, those guys, they're out of here. Um, so because of that, we are kind of coming up with our contingencies. So what do those look like? Well, right now the main contingency is Rumble. Uh, but also this, uh, the Gilded server uh, will give us an opportunity to kind of have a little more kind of, you know, maybe not as intense as, as doing a show, but maybe just kind of like more low level grassroots kind of interaction. Um, and it also and then, gives us backspace to retreat to and point you to a new space if this channel ever gets deleted. Right. Same And same thing with Twitter accounts. I mean, you know, Joe's a real spicy dude. He's he's always getting people on both sides of the political <laughs> spectra hating him. So it's just he's just one tweet away from getting reported and yeeted off Twitter. So uh, I do you know. a lot of 12 hour suspensions. It does happen. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I did a 30-day suspension like at, like last year. Like this Oof. about a, a little more. Yeah, about 14 months ago. That that sucked. Yeah. Um, all I, right. Uh, so this is not my first Twitter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other questions in the comments? I want to make sure that we uh all right. Can Joe be my step bro? Well, I don't know. Um, oh hey everybody sure. everybody in the chat real quick no proton's not gonna nobody nobody is gonna defend you from somebody asking for your data period like the proton will defend you in that they don't log your vpn stuff but if they have it on their server and a government requests it they can't refuse or they will get their door kicked down yeah spot on so all right. Well, hey, guys, I think I, I think this was a great show. Um, you know, F's in the chat. If uh, you want to see Loss come back again, he's definitely going to be uh, hopefully going to be in, in some sort of a regular rotation for us uh, as far as one of our kind of regular like Max, uh, like Max is. Right. So um, so looking forward to that. Um, you definitely uh, Friday show. We have no specific uh topic yet um we're, we'll probably just kind of keep our ears and eyes open but saturday show is the is is going to be our big cartel mexico show um so uh definitely be on the lookout for that if you've got um questions or if you've got specific aspects that you want us to bring up um just kind of make sure you you hit us up either on twitter or on here in the chat on friday uh to let us know what topics that you want to see related to that um Joe, Ron, Watcher, anything else? Nope. All right. Well, then, for uh, for the council, I am Scott, uh, and thank you for uh, joining us. See you Friday.